Welcome to the Crowfall Podcast, where we share stories and perspectives from the world of Crowfall with your host, Chris and Walker. This is Walker, and today we explore what it is an MMO, or any game for that matter, truly delivers, as well as our own recent war stories from the dregs. Be sure and follow us on Twitter and Minds at CrowfallPod. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. Chris, how are you doing this week, man? Well, we're getting her started. Yeah? What are you getting started? Well, um, we had a actual keep defense where we were able to defend our castle. And I would say, you know, we're getting started on getting into the dregs more seriously, I guess. So, last week we talked about the... So I'm actually, before I even go into that, you know, we're in, a, we're in an interesting position here with the podcast, and that is that we want to talk about Crowfall broadly, certainly, mm-hmm. but of course, we largely have to leverage our own experience, but we aren't trying to make this a podcast just about our guild or something. And so last week when we shared about the Dreg, we didn't talk about, you know, the the names of the other guilds involved and that sort of stuff. Right. And so to some extent, we're still in that. But at the same time, for anyone who's listened to this podcast since the beginning, which I mean, (laughs) just like the game, we're not very old. But, you know, we're a small guild that when we started, I mean, you know, we definitely could not participate in the dregs, probably would have struggled struggled to participate in faction versus faction in a meaningful way at the very beginning. And now are slowly kind of coming into our own. So... You know, what audience we do have, I would say, you know, certainly if you guys like this kind of stuff, let us know. If there's a different angle you'd like to see on it, let us know. But um, personally, I think it's fascinating to kind of watch us baby step from brand new, don't really know anything about the game, and here, you know, a couple months in, holding territory in the dregs. And again, not only because, you know, our skill is players or something, right? There's politics involved and, and negotiating and all these other things, factors outside of our own control directly. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's, I don't know. I think it's neat. And I just kind of wanted to speak to that, I guess, because it's, it's, a, it's a, a weird line that we're trying to dance. Um, <laughs> but I also think that it's important to see, to see. So maybe new players see that, Hey, you don't have to have played for six years to have a guild that can participate. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it would help if we gave the guilds fake names or something. <laughs> I mean, there's only so many guilds <laughs> as it stands now, so I don't know how secret any of it really is anyway, but... Right, right. Well, they they know we have a keep, so it could be narrowed down, maybe. Right, <laughs> right. But it's, uh, I don't know, it's a real concern because it, it's like opening up the playbook or sharing what moves might be being made behind the scenes, right? And if that's known, then potentially that could be countered or other political moves made. And now we're almost hurting our own alliance if we let too much of that information out freely even now before it takes place. Right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
Well, I guess what I wanted to highlight, though, about the most recent Kiev defense that you had mentioned is that, you know, again, last week when we talked about it, I was there and was able to share that we didn't really fight, right? There was a larger guild that kind of came in and and kind of set the tone so that there wasn't really a fight that needed to happen. And, and so it was all over and done with pretty quickly, which still was a cool experience, but just simply there wasn't really a lot of PvP that happened as far as our defense. Now we did go fight for a fort and, and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But in this most recent keep defense, that was not the case. There was actually a fight that happened and and some strategery that went in, went into it. <laughs> yeah, the sieging army showed up and not just in one location. Mm. It was an alliance, so there was a few guilds involved in that sieging our keep. Our our guild was positioned on one of the walls. And I would say maybe three-fourths, maybe a half of the CG army was on our side of the wall. And uh, we had already set up ballistas, and we're manning the ballistas, you know, shooting at them. They actually dropped several catapults and were firing back at us. Ended up destroying some of the ballistas. Hmm. But in in our alliance, we have some really, really, really good siege players. And they had us stacked with ballistas. So as soon as that one went down, another one took its place, and we just continued on. They started getting closer to the wall, and so we started shooting the ballistas at the army. Well, once they retreated a little bit, we made the call to sally forth and attack their catapults. So we run out of the keep, uh, target the catapults, take them down, and then retreat back in behind the walls. And so all of that took place probably maybe five, ten minutes or something like that. Mm -hmm. But that right there shifted the momentum quite a bit for a while there you know it's just a standoff right right so yeah so i mean that's pretty cool Uh, that's pretty cool to have the to have the standoff and then to execute a a tactic if you will that breaks the siege and that, that turns the tide of the battle and it's do you know do you think that one side or the other had a numbers advantage I would say it was probably pretty even. I mean, we had a good turnout, mm. but on our side of the wall, I mean, it seemed like at least 30, maybe more. Mm. It was a good chunk. And even though we took out their catapults, it wasn't over right away because the trees were still waiting to be spawned. So they they pop a few minutes after that. And our our guild decides we're going to go on some tree duty and leave, you know, everyone else uh, man the wall and we run out and start attacking the trees. We start with the farthest one away, away from the sieging army, mm-hmm. but then work back around until there's only one tree left and the sieging army is making their last stand at that tree. So at that point, we take our entire defense and we 
we have the, the final battle over the tree and push it up. Mm. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So we went from last time in the dregs showing up on like the the last week of it and kind of skeezing a fort or something <laughs> and and managing to get points for a couple of days and so then we could so that we could qualify for the rewards. But this time we've actually held this keep for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, yeah. Since day one. It's getting every keep defense there's new stress coming because it seems like at some point we're gonna get more and more people ready to take our keep mm-hmm. i don't know it's coming at some point i think well so now that you you know because you and i have talked a lot on the show about siege windows mm-hmm. and the pros and cons of that and previously you would i mean you've never been completely anti siege window i wouldn't say mm-hmm. but you've talked about a desire to be able to 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 siege things set up trebs whatever kind of anytime anywhere yeah. A la the way Dark Age worked. Right. But that was before we held anything. Mm-hmm. So now I'm curious, now as, as someone who has a vested interest in holding a territory, do you think that the current system is better? Or do you think it would be better if you could log in after you've worked your day job and your keep was gone because they took it when you weren't playing? Well, when I was talking about being able to set up trebs, I was saying that potentially you could damage a keep, but maybe the window was still in play for actually capturing it. Mm-hmm. So you could blow down the the tower, bell tower that generates points, or put a hole in the wall. So maybe you're setting up a siege for when the window is available. Also, then, I mean, there again, then, would you think, and I know it sounds like a leading question, and that is because I have an opinion. I don't really mean it to be that way, but really, I mean, do you think that there's a, would you think it was more more fun if you logged in, you know, this evening and your your wall was all full of holes and you had no bell tower, but they couldn't take it until whatever allotted day and time? Yeah, I mean... I wouldn't, I would be disappointed. I wouldn't necessarily think it was unfair, Mm. but it does put a lot of pressure on when you do play, then you're like, well, if I log in and I see all these holes in the walls, we got to repair that. That's priority. So maybe I had plans of doing something until I saw that. And now everything changes and we have to prioritize that. Right, but then couldn't arguably, I mean, and again, I'm I'm kind of blowing this out of any real scenario that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. I guess, so I, you know, I, I played ARC on a public PvP, you know, vanilla server uh, a long time ago now, but, mm-hmm. and what eventually drove us to quitting was we logged in one day and our whole base had been destroyed by someone who we couldn't fight back against because they're not online anymore at that when we log in. Yeah. And I realized that even though we could definitely make up the ground that we'd lost and get back everything, it's actually not very much fun to know that you can just lose everything you've spent a lot of time working on completely arbitrarily. Right. And so it's like, I don't know how we're going to prevent this from happening again. 
So I, I understand your sentiment, but I, I don't know. I personally, I personally still am a huge supporter of the siege window. Now, whether or not, you know, I've seen some people calling for it should be a handshake thing where instead of it being a predetermined siege window, mm-hmm. a guild has to, you know, plant a tree or something to, to declare that they're sieging. And then there's a, an agreed upon time. The problem with that, I think, though, is that trying to coordinate getting a bunch of individuals to agree on a time seems challenging. Yeah, yeah. And potentially could be, you know, abused in some way. Otherwise, though, I see the merits of that idea. Mm-hmm. But I still just think that having the dedicated time makes it so... Because the truth is is that our guild is not a, a huge guild, right? So yeah. if... if and we're a part of a larger alliance, certainly, but... My point is, is if a larger guild, if it worked how you're describing maybe where you could siege or at least attack, even though if you couldn't capture at any time, a guild that had more players and or more resources could effectively just bleed you dry Mm -hmm. because they could constantly keep damage on your keep so that you're only spending all of your time trying to fix it. And now you're not doing anything else to get ahead. Meanwhile, if they've got more numbers, they can be. Right, right, and and that's very true. Um, there's a lot of things to consider when trying to make an online game as as fair as possible. It's I don't know. It's a big balancing act for sure. Well, I, so I think what it ties to is is kind of the next thing I wanted to talk about actually, and that is you know I was listening to another a podcast the other day that's a, by some game developers and and they were talking about this idea that whenever you make a video game, you are certainly you're creating a bunch of systems and mechanics and story and art and all of that stuff. But that none of those things are actually what the game delivers. Mm-hmm. What the game really delivers is an experience of some kind, whether you feel happy, sad, excited, exhilarated, proud, whatever the case is, smart, <laughs> clever, <laughs> whatever it makes you feel it delivers an experience to you and all of those things that it, the, all of the mechanics of it and the, the art and the sound and all that are the tools that the developer then basically leverages to create that experience. But that the game itself is not actually the mechanics, right? Like yeah. taking it away from Crowfall for a minute. If you play, I don't know, super meat boy or, Mario, two very different games, but platformers, right? Uh Well, someone might say, well, I really like this platformer because it has really tight controls, right? Like I I can land the jumps I'm trying to land. But that's the the controls being tight isn't actually what the player likes. They like how that combination of controls and everything makes them feel, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so my my point in that and, and where I think that's interesting with Crowfall is, I mean, certainly in the conversation we're just having, there's an experience to be had and the mechanics, for example, of siege windows, siege windows aren't, aren't the thing that's fun or not. The thing that's fun or not is, do you feel like you get to participate in this kingdom thing? And maybe having no siege windows makes that more immersive because there's not some arbitrary time that doesn't technically logically make sense. Uh Um, and so I don't, I don't mean to say that the siege window makes it a better experience necessarily, but just that it, it 
I don't know, to some extent, it's almost maybe a trade-off to because it's illogical that there would be a siege window in a war game to to help facilitate a better experience, at least more broadly for the players. Yeah, with the window being in place, it allows you to know where and when you can have that experience. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, it, it still depends on who is going to that window. We hope that there are enough people to make the siege window viable and fun. And sometimes there isn't a fight to be had, but there's enough keeps and time differences that it seems like you could find a keep siege within... I don't know, a day, two days, weekend? So, you know, this might be an unfair question and and maybe we just edit it out. (laughs) I don't know. Because (laughs) I didn't talk to you about this ahead of time at all. So I'm completely putting you on the spot. Oh, yeah. But, you know, when you just described the the keep siege, Uh you talked about the mechanics of it, right? You talked about how there's ballistas and your team's manning those. And then there's the guys that show up outside. And Uh then there's a sally. What was the experience that you actually had from your position as the guild leader? Like, what did it actually feel like? And and maybe that's too vulnerable or too nerdy, you know what I mean, to be comfortable to say, I don't know. But does that make sense? Like, what was the what was the actual experience you had? Not just what happened. What did it feel like to be there that night? I felt like an overall commander in, Mm. in a keep siege. I was. I was one of a few commanders, mm-hmm. right? We had our alliance. There's five guilds in the alliance. So all the guild leaders or people who make the the calls were in voice together. So we're getting that information and talking about that. And... I'm also relaying that information to our guys who have their groups either on the wall or the Sally group, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I was also in those groups, but being able to direct that and, and know what's going on on all sides of the keep, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're getting the, the reports from scouts, right? So we knew, we kind of knew the numbers that were coming in. And yeah, I know it it was a really neat experience, especially because we've worked on getting the communication channels where we all kind of feel comfortable with with how that goes goes on. Mm -hmm. It was kind of chaotic at first trying to figure out how the voices would work and who's going to talk and and all that. But we seem to have got it down where it works pretty well now. And then, and, you know, in a more broad sense, the experience is a, a group of people collaborating together to achieve something, which both sides were doing. The other side hoped to achieve, you know, sieging and taking over the keep, obviously. Yeah. But but 
and so it's like I, I don't know. It, it's just so easy, and I I'm the guiltiest of this of anyone, to be clear, of getting caught up in mechanics or getting caught up in in the the. I don't want to say the details, the nuance, because that's, I mean, it's kind of what I mean, but uh, yeah, I'll just, uh, to use the word mechanics, I will get caught up in the mechanics of, of, of a game, not just Crowfall, not just MMOs, but all sorts of games. Yeah. And, and not really understand the broader experience that's happening. And now some of that's intuitive, right? Like not everyone that's having an experience is constantly like keeping that balance consciously in their mind like oh i need to focus on the experience not the mechanic i mean obviously people don't think that way it's just really interesting to me in thinking about it because with crowfall specifically you know i I on my other video game podcast pick up your sticks we just recently recorded an episode about about crowfall and my co-host on that show has never played it at all and is not really an mmoer and he was like so he's like i know crowfall is pretty unique but how is it the same as other mmos it's like, man, you know, obviously on the most foundational level, it's pretty much the same. You've got, you know, a variety of fantasy races and classes and the same sort of stats that you're used to seeing in RPG type games. And, you know, you're running around with an avatar in a 3D world and clicking stuff, and <laughs> whatever. But, man, pretty quickly, it becomes a pretty different game, whether that be in the fact that you can't have more hot bars than whatever your spec <laughs> warrants, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, just the way the progression works, which I know we've talked about a lot of this stuff already, so I don't mean to just rehash everything we've said before, but, I, yeah, I don't know. There, there's a lot of things in Crowfall that mechanically are very unique to it, mm-hmm. but in the end, it's delivering an experience Case in point, you know, and not that the keep sieging is the only experience to be had in the game, but it's delivering an experience that is far beyond the individual mechanics themselves, if you look at them separately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, what branded as a throne war simulator. Mm -hmm. And I would say it's more than 100% accurate on that. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to get caught up in those mechanics, especially when it doesn't work how you're expecting. Mm -hmm. And some of those things can be perceived as tedious. Getting gold when you're starting out can be tedious, right? But ultimately we're working towards that experience of the throne, the throne war. Mm -hmm. I was, I mean, that's why we made the guild was I wanted to be able to facilitate that experience. And I felt like I could do that because I had done that in the past in other games and, and not that like, I think that I'm some great, leader in that respect it's just i like to role play and i like the atmosphere i like being immersed in in that type of world and so when i approach it i'm almost taking on that role as if i am the king or whatever it may be right and kind of go about it that way 
yeah, I mean, in fairness, it, you know, it's so interesting because I think when I think generally when you think when people think about the, the truth about leaders is that there's not very many of them. And, and and when I say that, I don't mean that as a diminishing comment against most people. I personally am not typically a leader in any organization. Now, I might be a leader in that, like, I'm willing to say what I think and willing to advocate for the right thing. So maybe I'm a leader in that way. But as far as, like, literally being in a leadership role, I don't really do that. And in really in the vast majority of organizations... It, I mean, clearly leaders are in the minority because that's kind of the nature of it, right? Is there's a leader and there's a bunch of people following them, right? Right. So, so it's easy to think of leadership as like power grabbing or wanting to, you know, be the man or whatever, right? Ha again, have power. Yeah. But I don't, and certainly it can be motivated by that. I don't mean to, to act like that's not part of it ever for, for some people. But since we were, since we started playing these kinds of games 20 years ago, literally now, <laughs> you have voluntarily taken on leadership roles. And yeah, you know, by the time here in the last, in the, in, in the second half of our 20 years, in the last 10 years, you took on more leadership roles in games where you really were leading groups of people to hold territory and these kinds of things, things with a lot of consequence, right? Yeah. But even in dark age of Camelot, the first guild that you or the first game that you let a guild in, we, that guild wasn't any good. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. So that's, and that's almost unfair. That guild was good enough that when you faked your own death in <laughs> real life, they held an in-game funeral for you. So the guild was very successful as far as creating a sense of community where people cared about one another, right? Right, right. So I don't mean that it was like an like a waste of people's time. I just mean like it wasn't one of the leading guilds in the faction. You guys weren't holding territory in that all the time. You weren't claiming keeps and stuff. It wasn't that kind of guild. No, no, it was a completely group a complete group of people who had bought into the idea of the experience that that we were trying to cultivate. Exactly. And, and so that's my point, though, is that it's like it's, you know, like you're kind of being modest and, and I'm not trying to attack you on this. But you're, you're being modest a bit like, oh, I'm not trying to say I'm the this great leader or I kind of like to role play. You also just innately volunteer to organize people and to be in that role, whereas like I don't. <laughs> so if you didn't volunteer to do it, I wouldn't be behind you. Like, okay, I'll do it instead. Like, yeah. So I don't know. It's just an interesting thought, I guess. I don't know why I went on that whole tangent, but just an interesting thought about how some people are just inclined to do those sorts of things. And it's not always about a status thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's definitely not about status for me i don't know it's just i and i enjoy doing it and if someone is going to create a story or experience in game i feel like i would rather have you know i wouldn't say complete control over it but i would like to see the direction through um, mm -hmm. 
at the front of it. Yeah, no. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. Well, and with Crowfall, you know, I, uh, I, we've, we've talked about some of the things in the game that are ridiculous, frankly, without trying to sugarcoat it at all. I mean, the vault UI is crazy. <laughs> like it, it's crazy that, that it's like it is. I actually made a whole bunch of personal chests and I just threw them all down in the keep and I was like, I have to organize my stash because mm. this vault's out of control. <laughs> yeah, so I decided to make a new character the other day and I was like, oh yeah, I have a bunch of sacrifice items so I can insta-level to 25 and then I can just sack stuff. I don't even have to go level from 25 to 30, I bet. Uh-huh. Can't search for sacrifice items, even oh. though all of the items have that tag. Because <laughs> uh-huh. it says on the tooltip, sacrifice item, can't search by tag, only item name. Like, guys, come on. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. My point was not to, to digress into complaining about the vault at that length. My, <laughs> my point real, is... It's a real issue, though. It is. It is. <laughs> my point is that, like, there are things like that about it that are mechanically unsatisfying. Oh, yes. But the 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 larger experience that the game can offer I think surpasses those mechanical limitations and I think I think that Crowfall really is currently offering something pretty unique. Mhm. You could play Counter-Strike and get into way more fights than you get in in Crowfall. So it's not that you're going to get into the most fights of any game that you can play, right? Right, right. Um, you can probably play other fantasy games and see more fantasy stuff. I mean, go play World of Warcraft and you can... There's, you know, 15 years of content or whatever it is now, right? Mm-hmm. But in that, you you can't, no matter how much you play, you can't have the experience that you described the other night in that keep defense. It's just not there. Yeah, I I would say I would be hard-pressed to find a, another game that could offer something like that. I mean, you get interesting battles and, and meaningful wars in EVE, I guess, right? Yes. So there are other games that have that type of experience, but as far as the setting... Right, yes. fantasy castle, all that stuff. I don't know. I think it it's here. That's what I was going to say. So the difference in is is that in Eve, a it's sci-fi, obviously. So yeah, you're not defending a castle, and Eve and Albion Online, which would be the other one that I that comes to my mind immediately when thinking about these sandbox PvP based MMOs. Neither of those do anything to mitigate the powerful. Mm-hmm. So you can go play Eve. We've been playing this game for two months. Now it's only been out for two months, but there have pe- there are people who've been playing it for a long time that have way more knowledge and experience than we do. But in two months, because of the campaign structure, because of the limitations on what you can bring into that, yeah. even though there's zero chance that we're going to win a dregs right now, <laughs> right? Right. We can at least participate and compete. I if you go play Eve for six months, especially if you try and do your own thing, there's no chance that you can participate at on, on a on a high stakes thing. Because there's just too much wealth 
out there, you know? Right, right. It does a really good job. Crowfall does a really good job of allowing smaller guilds or groups to enter campaigns fresh and be on the same level as a bigger mega guild, mm-hmm. right? I mean, our alliance was able to secure a keep on that first day, and we're getting a keep along with the top guilds, even though they have a lot more experience and wealth and have been in the dregs since the beginning, right? We had our back-and-forth stint with Faction vs. Faction, trying different things. So, really, this is kind of our first sustained dregs run. Mm-hmm. But um, going back to what you're saying with the experience and the battles and everything, I would say it, it, you're not going to find massive amounts of battles like a Counter-Strike where you're just fighting all the time. Mm-hmm. But I would say that you're going to get the most meaningful battles in a fantasy setting that's out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that now, you know, in fairness, I'm not playing every single fantasy MMO that's out there. And there's a lot that have tiny populations that I'm sure have their own exciting experiences. So, but yeah, I don't know of one and I don't know. I just, you know, last week we were, not down on the game and and we don't work for artcraft or something so it's not like we're here to to only talk positively about the game yeah but yeah i don't know last week we were talking kind of talking about the state of the game and and there are some challenges that they're going to have to overcome especially with getting new players introduced to the game and making it easier for new players and, and something i've complained about a lot that's not really a fault of Artcraft. It's it's kind of the product of there being a being a, a smaller population. Is that you know it, I've been spoiled by like World of Warcraft, for example, and not yeah. just by the game, but by the giant community that exists behind it. So that if you want to Google anything about WoW, you can find current, authoritative, correct information on just about anything. Yeah, and in Crowfall you can't, and it's again, it's not Artcraft's fault necessarily. That I mean, whatever. It's not. It's not as if Blizzard perfectly explains every mechanic of their game either. I guess is my point. Like, there's a lot of other third-party websites that help that. Yeah, and in Crowfall that doesn't exist in the same way. Um, mm-hmm. But if you can, if if they can figure out a way to help new players get introduced. And people can see past some of the tedium of of some of the things like the vault UI. I think there's a pretty cool, pretty cool thing here. Obviously, since we started a podcast about it, but you know, yeah, that it's a challenge because it's kind of like you have to give it time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been playing it now for two months, right? And mm-hmm. there's been ups and downs. I mean, if we would have stopped after the second week, even, there was several people that were in our guild personally. When the release happened, we had an influx of people joining the guild, right? And as time went on, people ended up quitting or moving to other games. And 
they're not they they didn't get the experience that we're getting now two months later. Right. So I don't know. Like you were saying, spoiled with other MMOs, people are used to the quick battlegrounds where you know, I'll just log in and we'll do the fight and it's Counter-Strike and there's the PvP. Mm-hmm. With this, it's it, it takes more work, but it also offers more meaning in in that regard. Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah, it definitely offers a different experience and one with a lot more variety, right? Yeah. In, in a lot of games, you know, the, to, I use Counter-Strike as the example, but to, to look at like a WoW Battleground or WoW Arena, you can get in a lot of fights really fast, pretty consistently. You, you can set your expectations correctly around the frequency with which you'll be able to fight in WoW. But you can also set your expectations about how most of those fights are going to go because there's only so many specs and there's only beyond that so many optimal specs, right? So yeah, even though the mage could be specced a variety of ways in WoW, if you're in top-level arena or if you're in high-level competitive battlegrounds, there's probably only a couple of specs you're going to see for a mage. And if they're not one of those two, then they're just less viable, right? Yep. And in Crowfall, maybe that actually exists more than we think it does. But because there is such limited information and there's not this enormous volume of third-party sites that all have up-to-date, perfect information constantly, and frankly, just because of the way the game works, I mean, the variety of disciplines, major and minor, that you can choose between for your characters, plus Mm -hmm. the way that you could spec your, your gear out, and then the variety of quality tiers of all of those things. Yeah. It just makes it a lot harder to have something cookie cutter. Because even if it's known, do you have that set up? You know what I mean? Do you know about it? Like, do you have the resources to to obtain it? Right? So Right. Yeah. I mean, my main character is the centaur. And I, I have a knight who also is able to play music and... And of that music, I have debuff songs, right? Mm. So it's a variation of a variation. Of, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's it's a tanky support class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's just interesting that that option is available, right? I would have never thought that that would be there when I first started. It it took looking at all the choices and trying to find something that was a little different, right? Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, did you have anything else you wanted to cover today? I think that'll do it. All right, man. Well, that's all for the show today. Follow us on Twitter and minds at Crowfall pod. You can also check out my other podcast, the walk show, which explores the walk of life through interviews with a variety of guests or my other podcast, pick up your sticks, which is co-hosted by me and Brett Lindley. It is all about why gaming matters. You can find either of those shows on any podcast platform. Thanks so much for the listen. Have a great week. Stay up.